Welcome to Real Birth Talks. I am your host, Zoe Wright, midwife and founder of The Real Birth Company. Our podcast invites people from many different areas of work and women who have given birth to share their experiences, views and helpful tips with you. Real Birth Talks is here to explore many areas of pregnancy, giving birth and the postnatal period to help you on your journey, whatever your journey may be. Our podcast is part of our Real Birth Company community, where we provide expert training and our unique birth preparation program to professionals and women across the globe. Why not try out our free digital course by visiting tryrealbirth.com, which is available in many languages. Today, we are taking a look at exercise in pregnancy and postnatally with Dr. Rihana Jawadwala, who is founder of Mummy Yoga and has written a very comprehensive book titled Why Pregnancy and Postnatal Exercise Matters. I think that we will hopefully be chatting about her program called Keep Me Close Baby Wearing Yoga. Rihana, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about why you started Mummy Yoga? Well, um, to be honest, I don't think I ever saw a pregnant woman or a buggy or paid attention because I was in the world of elite athletes. I think I've been in the world of elite athletes since I was probably 19, started my first gym job back in Bombay. And uh, a, a couple of local athletes asked me, you know, I was doing my nutrition degree and they started asking me some stuff about food. And I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much that uh, in a few years time, I, I came to Aberdeen. I did my master's, which was also sports nutrition, went on to do a PhD, worked with elite athletes even in, in that and uh, continued to be, uh, um, you know, I, I, I've been an academic in sports and exercise nutrition now close to 15 odd years so I don't think pregnancy or anything like that was something that I paid attention to Uh, it might have been part of my degree at some point soon forgotten (laughs) and then one day I was in my typical lecture and um, just I don't know mid-sentence I'm I'm hyperventilating and I've said three words and I, I tend to walk up and down a lot and uh, I'm like, what is this? And, and obviously it's a sports nutrition lecture. So you don't want your, your students to think that you're completely unfit. You can't even walk hard. You know, you can't even pace up and down a classroom. And I was really surprised. Anyway, the lecture finished. I drank a lot of water. And um, was it next morning or something? I don't know what prompted it, but I took a pregnancy test and I realized I was pregnant. And... I couldn't believe that nothing had changed and yet I was hyperventilating within a couple of weeks or less. I couldn't go for my runs because my breasts started to hurt so much. So I had to slow down on my, and then suddenly everywhere, um, you know, obviously you go online because you don't know what is going on. So that's when pregnancy is very different. And nobody ever told me about these things about pregnancy became such a big part of um, my life and my thinking. And then because I had not paid attention and I wanted to learn more, I started doing some research. And that my first pregnancy was the beginning of understanding, um, you know, the, the physiological changes that happen in pregnant women. And then because I, my running was coming to a, a slow stop start kind of thing, my other activities were all starting to become hard. 
the one activity that kind of stayed with me and actually grew on me was my yoga practice so I always had a you know did you, did you do yoga beforehand is that something yes I mean honest, well, exactly PE in India was yoga you see <laughs> so I couldn't That's escape fantastic. it I mean I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember <laughs> not not I mean really not enjoying it and my dad I used to zip around and my dad would be a, he's a very quiet person and he reads the newspaper all day long and he would just lower his newspaper and he would just say personality like yours you would <laughs> meditation whatever and I should just zip around because I was a teenager and I you know I mean so I think yoga is is was funny it kind of was always with me but I didn't know it was with me yeah till all the other fancy things of mine fell apart and it stayed yeah. And what was the good bit about that state is it allowed me to change both physically, mentally, emotionally as a growing into a mom and what this means and the complexities of being pregnant, as you yeah. know, um, it allowed me to explore that in a very temperate way. Yeah. And it comes. It does. It, it is. There's a lot of there's a lot of physical change. It's everything together, isn't it? So when, when you're pregnant and you're finding out you're pregnant and what a place to find that you're pregnant as well. <laughs> I know, I know. I still remember that class. I'm thinking, surely I'm not that unfit. What is going on? And, but, it, but it does. It, it kind of changes you physically for the way that you feel, physically for actual physical changes to your body systems and your muscles and all those kind of things and then emotion is all those different things that we think about all those different things that we didn't ever think about before no and the thing is, there is so suddenly then everybody has an opinion on what you should be doing i'm talking physical activity wise i, I mean yeah. and it goes up on all the realms of your life but physically I mean I remember going to my next yoga class and I told the, the the teacher I've just found out I'm pregnant just to let you know and she basically ushered me out she said oh no 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 you must rest because the first 12 weeks you know they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're very um precious and very delicate and you must not do anything yeah. and as she closed the door behind me I was like oh I I like doing a lot of things. Am I not meant to do all these things? Again, went back, you know, did what I always do, did some research, couldn't find anything. I went, I tried again with another teacher because I'd really wanted to go to my yoga classes. And this teacher I know is, is, more, is broader in, in, in his thinking. And he said to me, I said, oh, what about this posture? Or what about my shoulder stand or something? And he said, do whatever you want. The universe will take care of your baby. Okay. Said, okay so one person says don't do anything the other person says universe will take care of my baby where is the evidence yeah so i suppose that's actually quite that is quite confusing isn't it really when you're especially if you're going to see maybe someone i don't know so, so, so moving on a little bit down the line your pregnancy when you're also going to see like health professionals midwives doctors yeah. um do you think that maybe some of well, the advice is a little bit conflicting, isn't it, across? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's where I think that evidence comes in. And I know we have, I mean, everything cannot be a randomised control trial. I, I will, I accept that. But in the absence of not knowing any other way 
I rely on what is the published evidence, what is the, the bulk of the evidence, if you like, not a singular study or not small studies, but where is the bulk of it? And the, the bulk of it in terms of physical activity told me there doesn't seem to be any danger as long as I'm not being silly. Yeah. Don't go deep diving or don't climb the Everest. I should be okay, right? And so I did it. But even then, so now I have this, this doubt in my head that I don't know what is the right thing. Then I go find the information and it makes me think, okay, I think I can do most of the things I do. But yet I didn't settle. Like my mind was always, what if I am doing something not right from by my baby or by myself or whatever and it, I'm thinking this is me who has been in the world of physical activity for all my most of my adult life I know how to use my body I teach about using my body uh, using people's bodies um, I know I know how to do academic research so I know how to find the evidence and yet I am not convinced because nobody is talking confidently yes go and do some exercise so my midwife would say to me yes it's it's a good idea to do some exercise and should I shouldn't I (laughs) it's a good idea and I think that's where I started to kind of think to myself no we need a little bit to be honest the 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 why it matters the the why pregnancy and postnatal exercise matters the book in a way was in my head yeah that time my first pregnancy where is the evidence put it together what can I give with so much confidence to other people and say don't feel like the way I did because there is clarity and today with with a bit of technology with a bit of um uh you know other people sharing their 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 experiences more uh, openly with social media we have a bit more traction on this I, I mean I'm, I don't mean extreme versions that you see on the internet I just mean people staying active and talking about being active during pregnancy means you don't feel you're the only pregnant person trying to run there are very good uh, there are well-trained athletes who, who show that it can be done at a very high level as well yeah. so it, it takes away a little bit of that uncertainty which I think seven years ago or eight years ago even yeah. uh, I think it was it was very hard very hard for me and that really got me into thinking about this sharing the experience I bring, bring from physical activity and, and, and elite sports but also um, you know how yoga really kind of stayed with me and that put together became mommy yoga really yeah it's, it's amazing and I, we, we we have got your book here so we've got copies of your book for um the yoga studio so we have women coming to do different classes and excellent yeah, from there and i and i when i was reading through, through the book what i found was really interesting really um really positive was looking at all the different places the evidence has come from and yes. um, we're really into evidence-based information. <laughs> yeah. what, what we're built on is actually what are the facts? How is that going to fit around you? And yes. we know that it's not the same for every person, but it's about taking a realistic look on those facts and thinking, well, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it from an exercise perspective, I'm used to doing this already. So yeah. if I... 
in in looking at in looking at evidence across other areas yeah yeah i mean we do the same thing so whether it it doesn't matter what the theme is whether it's physical activity or whether it's induction or whatever it is what is the bulk of evidence because not all induction is bad and not all induction is good there is there is more to it there is nuance to it there is complexity to it and it's how we can then take that evidence and interpret for ourselves what we can and couldn't and the confidence that you get because you've listened to the evidence rather than an anecdotal story that someone has said, especially I think the horror ones, you know, I, I went for my run and I fell down and then I broke a rib or something like that. And I'm like, OK, but how often does that happen? Yeah, but it, but it is always those stories, isn't it? It's the same when, it's the same when thinking about birth preparation, I suppose, is that we get lots of, of, of people that come to us and, and they're talking about all the horror stories that so everyone's quite happy to talk about. And the thing is, it's, it's also important to keep those things because they have happened. Yes. And it's, it's like they, those things do happen and they have happened. Yeah. But to a lot of, but to a great number of people as well, they, they haven't. But we're always really, because of the way our brains programmed, want to listen to the dramatic ones yeah. yeah. prepare for well what if that did happen to me so yeah. I'm actually really want to pay attention to that to that story yeah. um because it is a re- and it's a real thing as well isn't it it's a real life thing it makes it relatable yeah I think I think for me as well again you know like from a physical activity perspective and I started talking to women and I asked them okay why aren't you exercising or why aren't you doing more oh um I don't want to harm my baby yeah. And there was no, if I prod a bit more, they couldn't pinpoint why they were feeling that way or why they think that they would harm their baby. So for me, it was really important to bring out the evidence and say the reverse. If you sit on the sofa, you're harming your baby. Can I give you that confidence that if you get up, go for a little walk, just take the dog out, you are actually doing oodles of good. And this whole idea, you know, I think for me, my big when my big thing when I was researching the book that amazed me was how much benefits you can get from being physically active actually in the first trimester in the first 12 weeks when you don't have a fully functioning placenta to rely on because then the placenta is very good at maintaining whatever it is physiologically your body is throwing at it but the first 12 weeks the the women who stayed active their placenta developed differently their placenta took that information and said this woman runs therefore there will come a time when i when when the blood flow and the oxygen supply needs to be higher to the fetus we'll develop more functionality for that and so your placenta develops to create you know the lifestyle that you give it it's just amazing i thought that was mindful. it was (laughs) mind-blowing and to go and this is the thing zoe this research was done in the 90s in the late 90s and here we are 20 years later still not taking such a long time doesn't it sometimes some of these to for some of the even now i mean insurance companies you know fitness insurance companies first trimester risk and i say and i i, I mean my my take on that is is miscarriage happens it's the highest a percentage of miscarriages will happen in the first tri- trimester but very little if at all are related to your physical activity 
you know, if you looked at your grandmother and your great grandmother's lifestyles, they didn't sit on the sofa. They had to go out into the fields and do whatever it is that they did. They didn't have a clear blue, extremely sensitive pregnancy test that told them even before their period was due that they are pregnant. They found out when their belly started to swell up a little bit. Oh, and, <laughs> so they kept doing what they did in the first trimester. And I think it just... You, you don't even have to go into the evidence. You can just go and say, well, you know, I mean, of course, I'm not saying that uh, we aren't better off today because we definitely are from a medical perspective than our grandmothers and our great grandmothers. But even then, you know, an active lifestyle has done them really well. It's like finding balance, but, isn't it? It's, finding, yeah. it's, it's finding that balance between, between all this information that we're receiving and actually our individual our person, so who we are. Um, what we're used to, what our lifestyles like, and, yeah. and, and, and each individual is different as well. So, I mean, again, that's that's that, that's the thing in the book that if you haven't done anything, start slow. But at the same time, just because you haven't done anything doesn't mean oh now because there's sometimes the evidence is a bit like oh don't start anything new, and people interpret as it as I haven't been very active, therefore being active will be a new thing for me, and mm-hmm. so again I I kind of go go in there and and kind of explore that and say no being active is not something new you can start that it's just the intensity and the frequency and you play and 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 a big thing about especially the things that we do like around in mommy yoga classes and stuff is I really do a lot of um telling the women to listen to their teaching them how to listen to their bodies while they move in the class you know, you want to slow down, there is permission to slow down, just because you've done something at a very high intensity one week doesn't mean you can't just bail out in the next week, and actually giving women the permission to, and also kind of not feeling like it's wrong, because it, it is okay, your, your body is doing the most amazing thing, yeah. it is growing a baby, yeah. <laughs> and it's, I'm, I mean, we was having, I was having this conversation the other day, and we we're talking about, you know, you've got so many different changes going on, your, your liver's working more, your heart's working more, you've got new capillaries just to, to, the, to help with your pregnancy, you've got all of your systems have an effect to support you and your baby, and that is going to make you feel tired, tireder at times after doing certain things. So just because you were running so much, I don't know, so many miles beforehand, maybe yeah. you can compromise on that somehow. And just and when you start to get bigger, when it does get harder, to not just to then think about, well, okay, I'm not, I'm not blaming yourself for not being able to do that anymore. Kind yes, of appreciating that your body's amazing and it's doing something that absolutely. There is a lot about fitness, which is about progression. I think. And especially I see this with women such as myself who were fit before they got pregnant. The mindset that we come into with pregnancy doesn't mean, I mean, especially as I said, when you're first time pregnant, you only know your non-pregnant self and your non-pregnant self knows physical activity from a progression point of view. If I went to the gym and I didn't progress, whether it was increasing my resistance or increasing my rep range or whatever it is, I would question it. What is going on? Am I not sleeping enough? Am I not eating the right things? And that is, those are the right questions to ask if you really want to progress, especially in the world of sports. If you don't ask those questions, you don't understand how to improve. But 
it's such a shift when it comes to pregnancy and to not look at progression simply in those kind of numerical quantitative um, ways in which we are used to. And it's very qualitative. It's very, as I said, listening to your body and thinking the day you rest is progression. Yeah. You know, and, and really, that's, I'm, that's, I'm getting, that's nice advice and good advice. Exactly, exactly. That is progression in a different way. And also, I kind of jokingly, half jokingly, to be honest, part of the part of me is serious when I say to to women that motherhood days are going to be like this days where you do lots of things with your kids and you know do crafts and messy play and whatnot and the days you're just going to sit on the sofa and put the next dvd on and the next dvd on but those are you know equally valuable motherhood days and the same thing with pregnancy exercise they're both equally valuable we do a lot of yoga nidra a lot of deep relaxation that is i think encompassing physical activity and I don't want to separate physical activity from mental health from emotional health and unless you learn to rest and this is the pillar even in sports science and exercise science rest is the pillar so you've got the activity that you do you've got the nutrition and then you've got the rest almost always even with athletes you've got to remind them the rest is equally important pillar and for pregnancy that couldn't be more important so I think bringing that balanced view to physical activity was also a very big aim of mine yeah no it's um do you you think that your experience your own experience has influenced I mean it has clearly because of things you've said but maybe your childbirth experiences or motherhood experiences have also influenced um I would say yeah I mean I would say that mommy yoga in 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 all respects is shaped by my experience and my research so i always feel that mommy yoga is always kind of placed this delicate balance between the experiences i have the stories i listen to and then the work i do behind the scenes quiet you know reading and and and, and researching about these stories so as you said you know there's one thing about having an anecdotal story but um I'm all for evidence. So I want to then go away and say, okay, this is a very strong story. What is the the, the general evidence around it? So that's how Mommy Yoga has, has framed all the offerings, whether it is pregnancy yoga or the keep me close baby wearing yoga class. Um, oh, I wanted to talk to you about that, actually. I wanted to, <laughs> to touch on your um, keep me close baby, baby yoga baby wearing yoga can you tell you tell me a bit about that or tell us a bit about that because of course yeah i'd love to i mean that's why that's one of my favorite things to talk about really um and here i'll tell you what my first you know where it all started really so my second daughter my first daughter was in most ways, a bit of a textbook story. We went uh, to the hospital and other than she being back to back, things were okay. And, you know, so the next time I was pregnant, uh, I had a miscarriage between the two. So I think I was dealing with a little, you know, the, the all the complexities that come from a miscarriage into this pregnancy as well. And I, ha- I happened to be NHS gold dust because I've had the same midwife for all my three kids. 
Fantastic. I've been very lucky when I had my three children. I had the same midwife all the way through, and it's a, exactly it's she's my it? friend. She's my collaborator. She's my yeah. soulmate. You know, so we. <laughs> it's amazing how midwives are so powerful. I mean, nobody can ever ever say a bad word about my midwife to me. It's not possible, and I don't want to listen. You know, it's it's just that kind of a very very special place in my heart. Anyway, we were chatting about this That's and that. So lovely. That's so lovely to hear. Really. It is. It is, yes. I do feel kinship with her. And um, so, Sam, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you. (laughs) (laughs) We all want to meet you. (laughs) Oh, she she was born to be a midwife. I'll say that to her. But we were chatting about, you know, she said, Rahana, everything was fine. And what happened somewhere in there is because of uh, her, my, my first daughter being back to back, we had a bit of the hospital timeline, you know, someone knocking on our door and said, we'll bring a forcep to this. Uh, uh, and I just kind of asked them for more time. And then she came naturally with uh, on her own. And I was a bit slightly miffed by the whole pressure. So I said to, so my midwife said to me, why don't we just do this at home? You know, you've been through this. I said, "Mm, okay. I don't think I had much of a say in my head about where I wanted. I just wanted to explore birth in my own timeline. I think that's what I wanted to do. So we chose. A lot of people choose home birth, don't they, for lots of reasons. And one of them is exactly what you were just saying, which is, They've had an experience where they felt um, pressure. Pressure, yeah. And don't want to experience that. That. Yeah, and I think uh, for me, there was that ulterior thing that I don't like hospital food. So, and the last time my baby was had to be put in the cot, and I was like, no, I'm, and I'm trying to establish breastfeeding. I'm like, where is the logic in this? So, for me, the postnatal side the afterbirth was also important I said I'll be in my own bed hopefully with with the toast with the bread I like (laughs) so selfish for home birth reasons um but uh, things took a bit of a hard turn and also again it obviously with things like expectations as you know Zoe we've explored in our personal little chat about how expectations can kind of ruin a lot of things so by this time a couple of my friends had had their second child and they all you know it was just an offhand comment from people oh this is your second should be quick my first was quickish I would say six seven hours so now I'm expecting my second to be even quicker so there comes this little clock in my head and by midnight I'm expecting to be in bed with my baby and my baby is nowhere in sight and things are only ramping up now so my head is kind of going where's my baby obviously I'm trying to put that away. Anyway, things get hard and then, you know, her shoulders were stuck. There's this shoulder dystocia and I had this images of being blue lighted to the hospital and it was all very intense and, and luckily everything was fine. And, but it- Was that all at home, was it? Was that when it you- It was at, all at home, like, yes. And I everything think- was, But everything was okay as in like- Yes, I mean, Mac Roberts did the job, however, I don't think, I think the, the, the shadow of the miscarriage, the trauma of birth, um, and also I was really surprised of how much trauma of my partner that he had gone through in some ways, I would say emotionally could possibly, I'm not even comparing, but certainly very intense uh, emotional trauma for him. And I was 
taking over all of that. And the early days were full of this. Whatever happened here? But it, it does, doesn't it? And and your your partner. So when when we talk about a lot, when we talk about birth partner support and and actually skills for birth partners, um, some of the stuff that we discuss are actually ways to if a situation is changing in your birth, because sometimes it does, and, um, yes. you know, not every home birth ends up how your home birth, you know, and I know everything was okay and it was fine, yes. but not every home birth is like that either. And, but, you know, for some people it will be, and we have to be honest about that and say that actually for some people it might be like that. And so by giving your birth partner, um, I suppose skills and things to do if things do start changing yes. you can help to maybe start to minimize some of the trauma that they Absolutely. may be experiencing yeah. and I mean they're, they're seeing it aren't they so they're seeing something that is someone that they love and yes. it's their baby that they love yeah and it's their helplessness or, or if it doesn't need to be a partner it could be it could be the grandmother or yes. it's, it's still people that it means so much to you yes I'm in a situation where you can't change the apps you feel out of control. Yeah. So we've already started that process of yeah, the brain feeling yeah. alert and feeling scared. Yes. And all those, all and those you things. Really that yeah, exactly. exactly. And all those things that at birth are only going to not be, you know, in your favor, they come flooding in and you kind of then start to question it. And it was... And the other, the, the big thing that happened from all that was I looked at my baby and the first time I remember holding my oldest daughter in my hand and thinking, mom, mom, and you know, I can do anything now in the world. There's nothing I haven't done. And, you know, it's just that big, big lion mommy moment that I will never forget. That didn't happen with my second daughter. I, I had a very strange emotion. I looked at her and I said to myself, this is my baby and I need to take care of her. And I have in many ways never stopped thinking about that is a very bizarre emotion to have. Where was the celebratory emotion? And I didn't. Later on, obviously processing the whole thing, I realized how hard it was for me to celebrate. You know, you can't just come out of such an intense trauma of worrying for your baby and then just suddenly celebrating. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work like it that. It doesn't work like that. Your, your head's in a, in a your, it, your, your hormones are a different place, aren't they? So absolutely. Different things I, was, I was angry. I remember thinking, where is this anger? I had nobody to point the anger too and it was anger everywhere so again I fall back on the things that I know and for me it was my breath it was my meditation and I was just sitting there with my daughter and just trying to process all of this a couple of days in I put her in the sling I go for a walk I come back and you know my cup of coffee tastes a little bit better and then a few days in, I go for more walks and I notice that I start to pay attention to her rather than this baby that's just stuck to my chest. There's something unique about this baby that's on my chest, other than up to this point, it was a baby that I keep with me all the time. I breastfeed, I take care of, but then over the weeks, she became my baby. She yeah. became... An individual. She was not 
my second daughter, because my first daughter is the big sister now, she became a unique person to me. And she started responding to me differently than I was. I noticed that when I felt that way, she responded to me. And I can't, I, I, it, it seems very out there, doesn't it? But these were the it's subtle... It's really emotional, actually. I'm feeling quite <laughs> It, it was so subtle. Yes, yes, and, and that's it. It was so subtle. And the walks became breath breath work, became meditation, became, oh, I feel a bit stiff, let's move a little, but I would never let go of her. She would be in that sling day and night. If she's not on the sling, she's breastfeeding, I'm on the sofa. We're not separate. And then up to the and it was time in about, I think, about four or five months. I was starting to think about going back to my mommy yoga classes because very kindly, my um, other pregnancy yoga friend, who's also a midwife, had taken over my classes. And I felt like now it was time to stop taking the, you know, advantage of her kindness. <laughs> I'm sure she was loving to. <laughs> I know. She, she, I don't, my, 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 um, my, bolster and uh, blanket cupboard was never cleaner when she was taking my <laughs> I used to dump my things and she was like perfectly put them all <laughs> so I said okay maybe I'll go back to my classes and by this time I was getting requests for mom and baby yoga however I have always when I went with my first daughter to mom and baby yoga classes where I put her down on the mat and we did some yoga it was all good and all fun and I met a lot of interesting moms but with Layla, my second daughter, I've never put her down. And I and the thing is, I don't want to. It's not about she will cry and it will be a child's care issue or other what will other be. I don't even care. I'm not even thinking. I just don't want to put her down. And I'm starting to do a bit of yoga anyway. So I asked a few people who were asking for these mom and baby yoga. I said, what do you think about a yoga, you know, when if you if you put the sling on? So oh, we love that. And that was it. Just a few moms. I said, I want to practice. Yeah. I, I have been practicing on my own because I've got the whole, um, you know, my my background in, in physical activity and, and being a personal trainer and be, be doing that whole physical teaching, physical activity. It wasn't that hard to construct a class around it. So don't get me wrong, that that element of, of designing and what we are going to do and making sure that it is safe did come from my background. But the premise of it came from, I don't want to put my baby. I, I actually thought in the first few weeks, I've lost so much time with her by not loving her the way I feel this way now. I almost felt that by, by leaving her on my chest all the time, I was trying to somehow make up for that lost time that I didn't feel emotion for her. Anyway, that is the beginning of keep me close and it's just gone from strength to strength we have a teacher training program accredited now oh, have so you? people can come and train to be keep me close teacher fantastic. Do, you, do you have to like modify as in like some of the some of the poses and things that you do or the movements in in yoga um do you have to change them much or um, do you have to change them much or I think that there are a few, yeah, there are a few foundational things that do change when you have um, a baby. So this is not just a load, like a, if you were to take a dumbbell, for example, it's just a load that you have to consider, say, your center of gravity changing or the way you, you, you use your body with that extra load. 
it is different with the baby, isn't it? The baby, and uh, this is this is what I, I mean, you know, when you, I mean, I for, for fun, I'll, I'll I'll throw Ruby up in the sky and we'll, or I'll, I'll turn her up and down and I'll say bicep curls. That's all fun, but in reality, it's not that. Um, and the other thing about all the breath work we do is what I call the partnership, right? So we are in this with a partnership, and it's it's very interesting. Again, it's very subtle. If you are doing your baby wearing yoga with your baby consistently you will learn what he or she likes doesn't like they question i was gonna say weeks old and if you listen they are telling you not this posture again i hate it and they start to squirm and they the <laughs> my favorite bit is when they flip backwards like when you're trying to do something and they flip backwards, you know they absolutely. Oh, when they actually push their legs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And they push their arms out and their legs out and they're back. And there is this, there is this age. I think it is between. That's three like and when you're trying to put them into a push chair. Sometimes you get that exactly. that back. <laughs> exactly, you can't arch your back anymore. <laughs> what we need is a steel framed uh, sling. That's what we need. You just gave me a brilliant idea. <laughs> there's this this, uh, bit when they're three to five months old right where their little toes are perfectly wedged where your 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 legs begin you know in uh, in your hips so you have to ask mums all the time every posture it's a bit like be careful of those little toes bring them out it's interesting there comes a point when they outgrow that there's a point when they're too little and that doesn't happen but also fundamentally there are movement kinesiological issues that obviously are very you have to bear in mind so um a warrior pose is no longer a warrior pose um it does it 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 challenges the core and say say the warrior pose challenges your 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 thighs yeah because it does it definitely challenges my thighs exactly (laughs) done well it's one of the hardest poses to maintain but with the baby and the core so active again you're doing different things and obviously and and the basic stuff of things you can't do for example so yeah there are there is a definite there is a definite shift in terms of how you will perceive your yoga what you will actually do but also there is a better shift as well. All the things that you can do. And for me, I think with the baby wearing yoga, the, 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 the breath work, the meditation that you pass on. So if you're if you're you if you're that way inclined and you've done some sound work during pregnancy to kind of carry that into new motherhood is just powerful, very powerful. Because even now, little Ruby, if I just start to make do do my sleep breathing, she'll join in, she'll use her her drowny sound. And she knows what we are about to do and we're both part of it and she goes to sleep that was another question i had actually was like looking at as they as they're introduced this at such a young age because i mean we do know don't we that having a baby close to you and, and not i mean we we promote long-term skin to skin but not just skin to skin like you're saying about wearing your baby and, and having your sling on all the time that actually you're enhancing or enhancing your brain development you're encouraging brain development and positive relationship building and all those like and that that communication and creating review, that, connections yeah in a way that wouldn't happen yeah absolutely, yeah. So, absolutely. so i wonder do the babies know that they're about to start i mean you just said that you do your daughter but does that happen with like yes 
yes it, other, absolutely else, yeah so i mean that you can see in the class if you were to be the fly on the wall you and you just came one day you will be able if in the end of the class i asked you to pick the ladies who come regularly to the ones who are new in the class it will be no problem for you you will pick the women it is in their in their relationship it is in the way they are free flowing there is something else that they are the confidence that comes so if you go to the sling library and i always say to new mothers go to the sling library first because slings are like shoes which one to wear depends on what occasion it is are you cooking dinner are you going for a long hike or are you you know just going to town or whatever so once you find the right fit the sling the, the the consultants are very good to make sure your baby is safe their airways are visible and you know you are you are you are holding the posture correctly the issue happens is then you walk out of there you go for a walk with your dog for about an hour and your back starts to arch or you start to hurt and you kind of think oh the sling is not for me or but that's because there's the consultant can't watch you over an hour you weren't there in the library session walking around doing your activity and then your posture starts to get worse so what happens is when they come in the class and they move with the sling sometimes in a very in powerful movements yeah they understand what good posture is when you're beginning to get tired yeah. and when is a good time to take the sling off because yeah. even during the class you know there is a good time to take the sling off if you if you cannot hold it i will not encourage people to continue to wear their baby if the posture is being compromised yeah. so those are very important things and then what happens is one they're getting stronger anyway two they understand how to move with their baby in the sling because it's one thing to wear the sling and feel good it's something yeah, that there must be like a lot of trust i mean i know the, the slings are amazing aren't they and and uh, and actually you brought up something that i haven't actually thought about which is the actual there's different slings for different activities because they are they you maybe the length of the material or the size of the yes. person there's all these different things to kind of think absolutely about. yeah and, and then when you're moving then eventually you do actually get tired and your posture ju- does genuinely I think a lot of parents give up wearing their babies because they feel it's not right for them because it hurts or whatever but they haven't questioned the fact that two things you are not if you don't do it regularly and well you won't get stronger because you do need to be in the core you have to get stronger your baby's getting a lot heavier quickly babies are putting on weight so quickly if yeah. you're not getting stronger which means you haven't done physical activity with the baby you will find the baby's increasing weight increasingly hard and secondly not recognizing that you don't it's not because you don't like the sling oh my baby the other thing is people will say oh my baby she doesn't like the sling is it because you weren't comfortable and yeah. if you weren't comfortable there is no way you can fake it and tell your baby to be comfortable yeah. if mom's not comfortable there are physiological signals that you're giving Absolutely. out 
Yeah. And just telling the baby this is not a good place to be. So hopefully the class encourages both the strength building, the companionship building, the relationship in which you're talking to each other, the little shifts that you do, or when your posture is going, you know how to correct it very slightly even so that it doesn't get worse after an hour. Wow. So people who come regularly to the class, you will see that as well. Their posture is so well kept towards the end of the class. And they learn that over time, sometimes just looking around. But yeah, those are really important things to encourage people to continue to wear their babies outside of a yoga class, you know. And, and is there like a, an age or a, a postnatal time that would be good to start doing? Exercise? I mean, breath work, I would say start at birth you know when you can both go to sleep start. if if once you've once you're you're drenched with baby love and you're falling asleep and at that time you know understanding how your breath is responding and it's a i always say that breath is a doorway into meditation if we can't sort of use our breath modulation um and if we try to do some more advanced stuff with meditation you might get there, but I think the journey is not as much fun and effortless. Effortless is a word I don't want to use because meditation is something that is a very, it's, it's a skill to be learned. And most often it's fun, exciting, and maybe not effortless, but worth it, definitely. Right. So I think breath modulation, obviously, can you can start anytime. The other thing I also say, which I... I kind of break away from received wisdom is people say, do your pelvic, like as soon as baby's born, you know how people come into your room in the hospital and say, have you done your pelvic floor? People who haven't even paid attention to their breath or how their breathing is, it is extremely hard, if not impossible to engage pelvic floor. They almost always engage the abdominal muscles, the core, other core, -ish, even back muscles to kind of, think that they're engaging their pelvic floor yeah. so I almost always encourage in the first few days of of uh, birth just to sit with your breath and to and practice do a few simple breaths very very simple breath-based exercises yeah. and that builds into movement and the movement builds into strength-based work and the strength-based work builds into now little Ru and ruby is my biggest right uh, I, I haven't weighed her because um you know with with all the things that's going on weighing weighing her was the least of my priorities but she is my heaviest and at 18 months um you she's still in the sling i mean this morning we went for a walk she's still in the sling and i go for her go with her as often as i can i i dare not say every day because <laughs> it's, it's chaotic but I go as often as I can because she absolutely loves it but an 18 month old even for someone I, ca I call myself fairly strong now is hard work you know so pelvic floor has to be strong to take that and yeah. they can build up but that's again an advantage of baby wearing and keeping baby wearing all the time because you are without doing additional work and having that chore or thing to do pelvic floor, you're doing it. You have to, yeah, you have to engage absolutely. your core to hold your baby. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it happens. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds fantastic. It's, I'm, 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 I hope um, it sounds like it's going amazing, and I'm sure it'll continue because it sounds brilliant. Yeah, I mean, people love it. People love it, and I and, and I love it. So that's, that's, that's job done. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, thank you. It's been really lovely to chat to you today. Thank you. Thank you very thank much you. for your time. You're very welcome, and, um, Sorry, Thank you very much. Hopefully people will be heading their way to your website. That's um, mummyyoga.com. And just t- tell, it, tell us your books again. As you've got, you've got the first one, which is... Yeah, you've you've got my uh, first book in your studio. So thank you very much for spreading the word because that's the thing. As long as people are active um, during their pregnancy, I, I hope even before pregnancy, but during pregnancy and staying active in the postnatal period is very important. And I'm hoping that the information, the, the, the evidence in the book will encourage women to feel confident in being active so that, the, that they don't feel at any point of time. And if I have to give one little uh, uh, encouragement here is don't worry about your first trimester. Miscarriages happen the maximum in first trimester. It's something that we can't really, I mean, they happen for all sorts of reasons. And most often they are genetic, biological. Physical activity has very little blame to take. So please don't worry about being active especially if you've stayed active continue to stay active so that's that's the book I as I said for for many years I wanted to share that that uh, research but I'm writing my second book which uh, is called going to be called keep me close and it's going to hopefully again consolidate all the research around uh, what we what we are beginning to understand about keeping babies close to ourselves, the 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 neural advantages for both baby and mom for mental health for, but what I want to bring in this book, which hopefully is new, is the added dimension of movement with baby wearing, how that adds to a, a, a term we call entrainment, uh, bringing the 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 that bonding. It, just explaining physiologically what we mean by bonding and how moving with our baby actually adds to that sense of bonding and how those that early bonds become lifelong bonds so I'm hoping with a new book which um, you know is is underway and uh, hopefully hopefully I'll I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you all about it when it's coming out but I'm hoping that people will will feel encouraged to keep their babies close for as long as sure they will they're definitely being encouraged by the first book and I'm really looking forward to reading the second one. (laughs) Thank you you, Zoe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, it's been lovely. Take care. Angie, take care. Bye bye. Real Birth Talks is here to explore many areas of pregnancy, giving birth and the postnatal period to help you on your journey, whatever your journey may be. Our podcast is part of our Real Birth Company community, where we provide expert training and our unique birth preparation program to professionals and women across the globe. Why not try out our free digital course by visiting tryrealbirth.com, which is available in many languages.